yo, yo, it's Matt Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. And you are listening to the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Too sweet me for the love of God, I'm blacking out, I'm blacking out, I just blacked out. Time for another round of the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. This is Too Sweet. Welcome to the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Brett Blakemore. I've got a full show going for you because this week was very uh, interesting. I think that's the right word uh, to my left wall, right wall. I'm um, doing another alone show this week. But I do have an extra topic this week along with the, with the standard jobber and ace of the week if it's an alone show with three jobbers and three aces. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about this week. I'm a little late getting it out. Uh, this week was just weird. Very weird. Uh, but I do have a full show for you. Uh, let's just get right into it. Um, there is a potential mistake on the battlefield already. And it's not in WWE's favor by any means. That's coming up in a few minutes. Right now, though, Raw Reunion was an interesting show, uh, to say the least. I mean, there were some things that didn't work, and those things will be criticized later on in the show. But overall, I think Raw Reunion was a really, really great idea. I mean, think about it this week. I mean, we just think about it this way. We discussed it last week, and it did kind of seem at the time like it was really desperate for viewers, desperate for ratings, something to show that the product still had some uh, value. Uh, but then I started, you know, as I was watching it, I started realizing the possibilities for the show. I mean, if this is Heyman's thinking, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, granted, my thinking compared to Paul's thinking is a really laughable idea. But <laughs> uh, think think about it this way. You bring the Legends back and bring a lot of those casual uh, new viewer eyes to Raw, people that haven't watched Raw in a handful of months, but they see Stone Cold is going to be on Raw. Well, I might as well tune into that. On Shawn Michaels is going to be there. DX is going to be there. Well, I'm tuning in for Raw for sure. I don't know who's on the main roster at all. I have no... What is the main roster? What's NXT? I don't know, but Stone Cold is there. People like that will tune into this reunion. And that's, that is perfectly what they want. You bring the legends back... You bring those casual eyes back, and then you slip in a Viking Raiders match, just right under the table. Here, here, I brought you here with, with Stone Cold, but I'm going to slip you this Viking Raiders match. Oh, and to open the show, I'm going to just slip in the Usos and the Revival. And I get to show you, casual fan who hasn't been here for a while, the best that we've got. This is... If you're looking at tag team wrestling in WWE, it's the Usos and the Revival. That's the first thing on the show. It's an opportunity to bring those casual fans in and let them see the best the product has to offer. It really was a genius idea if you think about it. You bring them in with the legends and you make them stay with the young talent. This is a way to showcase that young talent to these viewers that have no idea who the Revival is, and why I should care that they're two-time NXT champions. Who are the Viking Raiders, and 
why why are they so cool and why is that big guy so agile and why do the usos oh we're not going to get into that the point is <laughs> maybe we will i don't know the point is i think it was a really good idea it did come off desperate at the front of it absolutely 100% it seemed very desperate that they were just going to pull out all the stops just for a quick buck, basically, to show to Fox to say, hey, we still have ratings, RIP still has some value out there. But as a booking move, it's actually a really, really good idea. I hate to break it to you guys. It was really good. It was a really good idea. Uh, Coming up in a few minutes, one thing isn't how it should be on Tuesdays, and yet I'm loving it. It's coming up in a few minutes. Right now, uh, there's a potential mistake on the battlefield already, and it's not in WWE's favor. Look, AEW announced their start on weekly television. It'll be Wednesday, October 2nd. And, of course, with WWE obviously panicking, the rumors, the discussion, it's already started. It's all on the internet. It's all on Reddit. Everyone's talking about WWE panicking and getting more edgy because of AEW. Vince was even quoted on a conference call saying uh, something along the lines of, I hope TNT doesn't let them do that gory crap. Something along those lines. But the injections to Dean Ambrose was totally fine. Uh, That's none of my business, though. Now, with WWE's deal with Fox, the current rumor going around is that WWE will run NXT on Fox Sports 1 to compete directly with AEW. I'm going to say this one time. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. AEW isn't about competition with WWE. They don't they want to be seen as an alternative. They want to give options. This isn't about only one company can live at the end of the day. This is not what this is about. WWE going out of their way just to compete with AEW just makes them look petty, in my opinion. This isn't WCW. This isn't Ted Turner buying out top stars and going directly at Vince on Monday nights trying to put him out of business. This is not even close to that. Anyone who thinks this is what this is is either being selectively naive or just trying not to get fired. This is about giving a product that hardcore fans like me, like a lot of you out there, will enjoy. It's about bringing a new style of the industry to the mainstream. It's about providing fans with a different choice that's not WWE. If that's not your speed, maybe AEW will be. And I'm not talking an option like, you know, TNA. TNA and Ring of Honor have their own thing. Is it Impact? Is it TNA? I don't know. They have their own little thing, but it isn't what All Elite Wrestling is. They don't have a TNT deal on national TV, uh, even though Ring of Honor sometimes is on Fox. But you, you understand the point I'm trying to say. It's not the same as the alternative that AEW will be. And AEW is clearly not trying to repeat the mistakes of WCW. I can't stress this enough. Vince does not need to counter-program AEW because they're not trying to be WWE. They're not trying to be WCW. They're only trying to be AEW. It's about options. And options are good for the industry. And I'm pretty sure 
Vince, it, the article that I read, was quoted as saying such that, oh, you know, competition is good, uh, but we're also going to run NXT right next to them and hope they just drown out. Why would you not want AEW to succeed, really? If they're, if they're not competing with you head-to-head, they're not buying out your top stars, why wouldn't you want them to be successful? What's If I am a huge AEW fan, you don't think I'm tuning into WWE to see how they're going to respond? Or if I'm, let's say I'm a WWE hardcore fan, but I just tune in, you know, once to see what AEW is all about, and they in they even further uh, reinforce my love for wrestling, I'm gonna go back to WWE. It is not a WCW situation at all, not even close. It is not a one versus the other. It is the two of them can live in the same world at the same time. And until WWE figures that out, they're going to be looking very, very petty. All right, coming up in a few minutes is the bonus topic I was talking about because I just had to get into this eventually. There's one thing I haven't talked about on the show yet. I'm going to break the seal. That's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Right now, one thing isn't how it should be on Tuesdays. And I'm loving it. I am enjoying it a lot. Uh, look, Kevin Owens was never supposed to be a babyface. At least if you ask someone that's watched him in NXT. He's the perfect heel, right? He's ruthless. He's mean. He's as cold as they come. I remember the first night he came on uh, the main roster with his NXT championship. He interrupted uh, John Cena. And I remember almost word for word, Michael Cole said, he's as cold and ruthless as they come. Why wouldn't you want him as a heel? But then something magical happened in his feud with Chris Jericho. He showed a ton of charisma. Obviously, you know, he, he showed a lot of charisma. He showed a little bit of that comedic timing. Um, they had a lot of chemistry together. It was a joy to watch him in that feud. But then, you know, obviously he turned heel against Chris Jericho because of course he did. He's Kevin Owens. He's a heel. He couldn't be a babyface. But then, hope reared its head again. The New Day needed a new member temporarily step in Big O. This couple of episodes of SmackDown had some of my favorite segments of the entire year. I'm dead serious. Kevin showed a ton of charisma, all that comedic timing I was talking about, He showed he's not afraid to take a chance, go out of his comfort zone. I remember the biggest eye-opener for me was when they called him out for not having enough hip movement, and then he said, oh, you mean like this, and just got up there and started dancing away. And I was like, okay, he's he's committed to this. I'm invested in this. Also, I popped really loud for that because Kevin Owens is a stiff, cold guy, and now he's just dancing. Like It was such a shock. I couldn't get over it. Let's not forget that he can cut a promo with the best of them. He is such a good talker. But of course, in the end, he turned heel on Kofi because of course he did. He's Kevin Owens. He is a heel. But now, finally, it seems that WWE is finally ready to see the writing on the wall and make Kevin Owens a babyface. Not only that, I could argue he's the biggest baby face on Tuesdays right now. He's standing up to the authority. And you know what? The stunner might have not been the only thing he took from Stone Cold. He's standing up to the authority. He's the voice of the roster. He's the guy. 
He's the babyface on the show. The pop he got this week was something you dream of as a babyface. He is the voice of the entire roster against the evil Shane McMahon. And like I said, sounds pretty familiar. Kevin Owens is a fantastic babyface. And he needs to have all the chance in the world to stay a babyface for just a little while. He has all the tools. He has the comedic timing. He has the charisma. He has the chemistry. He has the promo skills. He knows how to work a crowd. He can go out of his comfort zone. And he's just damn entertaining. The guy needs a chance to be this entertaining babyface that I know he can be. He has all the tools. And it's the reason this feud is going to be way more successful than the first one. All right, coming up in a few minutes, we'll close this quick little show with uh, the mega jobbers and aces of the week. But right now, there's this one thing I haven't talked about on the show, and I'm going to have to break the seal here. Because there's been another shift in WWE the past couple weeks. There's been a clear turn for the face of the company from Roman Reigns to Seth Rollins. Now, if you know me, and I told you this a couple... If you told me this a couple months ago, I would have been ecstatic about it. And I'm still very hopeful for it, if I'm being all honest. And he's from Iowa, so I'm contractually obligated to like him. However, he's taken the ball and gone in a very um, odd direction. He's gone to insulting any wrestler that's not in WWE to insulting fans, to flashing his bank account and then claiming AEW is threatening his lifestyle, which he did apologize for, in fairness. And he did say the AEW comment was just a phrase. The point is, still not a good look. It seems like Seth is trying really, really, really hard to be that company man and that leader in and out of the ring. But he's trying too hard. He's being the kid who tries way too hard to fit into your friend group by trying to tell you, you know, how much, you know, trying to impress you, how much money he has, or something cool he did, that he hit a home run, and you're like, dude, you're already your friend. Like, calm down. You don't need to impress me anymore. You're already here. Seth's being that kid. And we all know that runs thin very quickly. He doesn't need to do anything like this. He doesn't have to be that company guy. I, I appreciate his initiative to go and say, you know what, I'm going to take this role. You're going to give me this opportunity. You know what, I'm going to go out there. And I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to show that I'm that company guy. I appreciate that. Just the means of doing that was horrendous PR. Terrible. <laughs> like a, a PR nightmare that you would see in PR 101. And, and let me just say this. I'm all for friendly competition. And friendly, you know, razzing on Twitter. I like, uh, I think it was Kenny Omega who said this. One of the elite um, said that he likes interacting with people from WWE on Twitter because it's like superheroes from Marvel and DC interacting with each other. You know, they could never collide, but just even to see them talk to each other is like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that's even happening. All for that. However, when you punch down like Seth has been doing. And when I mean punch down, I just mean you're you're universal champion and you're punching at, you know, a G1 Super Junior. Yeah. 
that doesn't make any sense. G1 Super Junior. Everyone from New Japan is going to unsubscribe here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the best of the Super Juniors, all that good stuff. I'm talking about Will Ospreay. When you punch down, it's just a horrible look for someone who I believe can still be the face of the company. But why he's decided to go in this direction just doesn't make any sense to me. All right, let's get to some jobbers and aces of the week. Time for the jobber of the week. My first jobber of the week, I already kind of talked about a little bit, is Vince McMahon slash WWE solely for the rumors, and I hope they're not true, going to Fox Sports 1 to try to compete with AEW. It's just a petty move. It doesn't make any sense, and it just looks like you're trying to keep the monopoly that you have instead of... You know, it's not WCW, but I already I already gave my spiel about that, so I'm giving them uh, an honorary uh, jobber of the week. Time for the jobber of the week. My next jobber of the week is the OGs. Now, this is not the OCs. This is the OGs. This is DX. This is NWO. This is the click. Because, and granted, you know, they probably didn't make this call, and I did see an article that they didn't want to do it, but what are you going to do? They buried the hell out of the OC. That's what you want to call them. Kind of reminds me of Orange County, which uh, SCU would have a problem with. Uh, But the OC got completely buried by guys who aren't on the active roster anymore. And those those should be the guys that you're pushing. Those should be the guys that you should be getting behind as a top heel faction who should just muck everything up. But instead, they're getting buried on the Raw reunion. And I understand, you know... I just defended the Raw reunion for, you know, five, ten minutes. But this just didn't work for me. You, It's about using that old talent, legends, whatever you want to call them, alumni, using that talent to boost and bring up your young talent, not to tear them down. That was the clear example of that that I just did not like. Time for the jobber of the week. My last job of the week is pretty obvious. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm going to tell you that it is Jimmy Uso, and I'm just going to say, come on, man. All right, let's get some aces of the week. Time for the ace of the week. My first ace of the week is Bray Wyatt. He's been a regular on ace of the week, and the reason that it's different this time. I try to, if you're going to be on multiple times, I at least want you to do something different to earn your way on there. And his little promo that he had with Finn, I believe, I could be wrong, I believe is the first time that he's actually used his kids' show to go on the... I don't like Jumbotron or Titantron. I don't know why. I think those words sound weird, but go on the screen. That's not really much better. You understand what I'm trying to say. He's on the big board, and he directly replies to someone or talks to another wrestler. I think that is a brilliant idea. I don't think that's happened yet. It is incredible. When If you call Bray Wyatt out and you have a kid's show come on and reply to you directly, I mean... The idea for this gimmick is just wonderful. The kind of it's literally more of a Jekyll and Hyde than the Demon uh, and Finn Balor because that's they're kind of the same, but they're kind of different. Uh, this like he even acts scared of the Fiend, and that's him. It's almost like the Hulk. He's kind of scared, you know, before Endgame. No spoilers. 
it's a very interesting relationship that they have. And I think the idea to use those videos to answer in a promo is just great. Fantastic. Time for the ace of the week. My next ace of the week is a twofer, a two and one, because it is Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. This is the type of storytelling that I'm talking about that needs to be in WWE more, that will be in AEW. Simple storytelling. This is straight up, I think, you know, it's pretty much as simple as it gets. This isn't a my wife slept with you storyline or a, you know, I like to throw out the rabies shots or uh, our truth in a wig or, you know, just uh, Enzo being courted by, hang on, it'll come to me. It was Lana. Bang. That's who it was. It was Lana. Um, <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's a simple story that's easy to absorb it makes sense, and you don't have to have a complex story to have an entertaining feud. And I hope that that is the lesson WWE is learning with feuds like this. I really like how they put that together. That promo that they had, I really liked it. Time for the Ace of the Week. Speaking of feuds that I liked, and I don't know if it's going to be a feud or if it was a one-night thing, but it needs to be a feud. Because I genuinely felt, for the first time ever, that Roman Reigns meant what he was saying, or I could believe what he was saying. And that was him and Samoa Joe on Raw Reunion. That feud seems like it should be a thing. It seems like that, and it's it's not because they're from the same island, it's because they have somewhat of the same style, but they also have different variances. I think they bounce off each other very well. I was entertained by that match, and you know me saying that about a Roman Reigns match, that you all know that that means a lot. I really wanted that feud to last a little bit more. I thought there could be some good storytelling there with them being both from the same island. You could have a whole story. You know, This is, again, going back to simple storytelling. You could have a whole story just talking about how we're from the same island, but we are different people. And I'm going to prove that I'm a different person than you because blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Samoa Joe, well, I'm the same as you because blah, blah, blah. You've got a simple story right there. Let's wrestle about it. Realistically, you don't even need a story like that. You just, I want to feed my family and be the best wrestler in the world. Let's wrestle. That That's as simple as a story as you get. The point is, I think that could have been a really interesting feud. I don't know if it's going to happen in the future because uh, it didn't happen on SmackDown. We'll see what happens on SmackVille. Okay. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. You can follow the podcast at Too Sweet Podcast. You can follow me, Brett Blakemore, at B underscore Blakemore 10. And we will see you next week for episode 63. Until then, stay too sweet.